Hi there. Welcome to the Creating Australia podcast. My name is Jessica Reynolds, and I'm a private town planner and business owner based in Brisbane, Queensland. I'm passionate about engaging with the amazing people that make the property and development industry what it is today. In Creating Australia, I want to learn from experts in the industry and share their knowledge and wisdom with you. In each episode, we'll talk with different people and unpack their past experiences and innovative ideas for the future. Join me now for an episode of Creating Australia, where we dive into the industry exploring local stories, projects, businesses, people, ideas, and more. So basically, I funny when you say how do you introduce yourself, as I rarely introduce myself as a property developer. So it has these connotations when you say property developer is a bit like a real estate agent. Yeah. Um, everyone goes, oh, oh, you're one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Where are your horns, Jackie? Yeah, I know. It's like, oh. And then I still get the, oh, you're female and you're a property developer. Like I will be on site. I will be, um, even sometimes depending who's funding projects, the financiers will come on and they'll be like, oh, oh, you're, you're the developer. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Yes. Yeah, not behind the time still. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, my husband does not need to sign the contracts with me yeah, or anything so, like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it sort of gets to I do property developments and then okay. if I'm fully comfortable enough, I do yeah, tell people I'm a developer. They probably have different connotations than I do of what a developer does. But mm-hmm. going back for me, like my background was going, I always wanted to do architecture. Mm-hmm. I was steered away from doing architecture by family saying, you know. There's not many females, there's not many jobs in architecture and, you know, it's a hard field to get work and I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I ended up doing like commerce and a lot of my work was around, I suppose, still property but a lot of audit, you know, procedural type stuff. And then mm-hmm. I always did my property on the site. So I did my first development when I was 20. Wow. Um, yeah, I had to beg my parents. I remember there was tears. My mum was having some fake heart attack um, because I was going to you know going to all this debt and I needed them as guarantor of course yeah um so I did my first development which was at Karina in in Queensland and Mm -hmm. um I was 20 and and everyone's like why don't you just go overseas and go on a holiday and go on this trip and I'm like yeah I just I just want to you know do property I love it yeah and I just got in and I loved it from the day dot like every afternoon after work weekends if you went on a date with me you were sanding walls or you're painting a fence or you're on scaffold it was, was that like, free labor <laughs> yes it was like oh do you want to go out and it's like well I've got this property I need to do some work so if you want to spend time with me we'll be there and yeah. um yeah I'd, I'd buy lunch or I'd buy whatever and mm-hmm. you know if you can deal with that then you could deal with me as a person because I'm very driven and motivated yeah. so sometimes <laughs> that's what intimidates guys I could imagine no I've definitely been on a date with someone who was like that obviously a man but and I wasn't really into it I was like yeah I don't really want to spare my spend my free time doing that (laughs) (laughs) it's quite funny like there's yeah um, there's and when you say what do I love doing it's yeah funny boring because I was sitting there looking at property or yeah. I'll be evaluating, like at the moment, one of our other projects is going to have a car lift, evaluating Ooh. like car lifts and why and, mm-hmm. and, you know, why is this one better than that one? And, you know, everything down to how many decibels and noises from that yeah. car lift. Yeah. Um, and then just looking at other property, like I love it, love it, love it, love it. Always looking, always wanting to buy another property. Everyone has to always rein me in. It's like, no, 
let's set to these projects. I know that one's great, but <laughs> you can't do everything. So who are these people that are reining you in? Have you built a team up around you or is these advisors or are these other investors? Yeah, so it's normally not my investors. My investors are quite keen for me to buy as much as possible. Um, And I'll touch on that in a minute. But um, obviously one's my husband. Um, He's like, you know, let's not go, you know, how much risk do you want to take? Um, (laughs) But then it's, I suppose, from a finance perspective. So Mm -hmm. Matthew looks at a lot of my feasibilities and like, you know, whether we can fund things and how we'll fund things and also mm-hmm. things like that. He's a bit of, he'll, he'll rein me in a little bit and the emotional love of property in me just gets caught up in the moment, I suppose. And like, tell me why. And you'll get down to like, it's almost like a parent. Tell me why this one's better than that one and why mm-hmm. you love this so much. And, you know, because um, there's good returns on a lot of properties, but why choose one over the other, I suppose. Um, yeah, definitely. So your voice of reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd buy everything if I had the money. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say you're a risk taker? I am a risk taker, but at the same time, I invest in all my projects. So mm-hmm. my own money is in all my projects and it's a considerable amount of money. So I'm probably why my investors trust me. I think it's an element of that. Um, so it's not just them putting their money in. It's also my money's in there. Yeah. If I don't make money, they don't make money. But I always pay up my investors first before I yeah. pay myself. Yeah, I like that. That's nice. Yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't sleep at night. That's just how I am. And you'll even find when I've worked with, you know, my trades and things like that, people quote on stuff and something doesn't go to plan, I'm often let's meet in the middle, you know, okay. if I can. If it's honestly a, a genuine mistake or something's been blown out or something, it's like let's meet in the middle. I'm mm-hmm. not free. I don't work well with people that want to screw you over. Yeah. <laughs> Good way of putting it. Yeah, I'm very much, we all are here to do, you know, make something mm-hmm. from there, whether it's for enjoyment or whether it's to make some money. But, yeah, yeah, that's how Just I to- keep working. Yeah, just to touch on that fact of like not wanting to be screwed over and meeting people in the middle, do you find that you're maybe a bit more attuned to those sorts of things being a female property developer? Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. And I think that's where we stand out. Like even when you're looking and evaluating things, I think that's where females add this element that that males will look at facts and everything else, but Mm -hmm. you need to really... Um, feel comfortable with the person that you're liaising with because you're mm-hmm. not putting just own money, I'm putting other people's money at risk and, you know, just even reputation and stuff like that. So, yeah, very much so. I would do everything I can if my investors, which have never not made money on my projects, but if there was ever a situation where they were, you know, probably not going to, I would do everything I can, even personally, to make sure that didn't happen. Yeah, I'm very... <laughs> Very much about you know because it's it's mums and dads it's um yeah you know it's it's people who it's their first time to, you know going into a development and it's scary um it could be just single income and you don't have somebody else's income to fall back on so for whatever the reason or it might be your retirement money you know for whatever the reason is you know it's people have worked hard to get to there and you know I'll do everything I can to make sure that happens for them. No, that's an amazing ethos, I guess. Um, yeah. So we haven't really got into what type of developments you do. Do you have sort of a set type of development you will do or do you do a range of different types of developments on scales, <laughs> projects? Where are you at? Yeah, so basically in the past where I was managing obviously a full-time job and I was quite, 
you know, this in your role and then trying to do my developments on the side. A lot of it was houses. So because we were, it was either a house we were living in or it's a mm-hmm. house that we were, we're doing up. And it all were ones that were our properties um, yeah. personally. So they were predominantly houses at that point. Mm-hmm. Then I started doing townhouses. So mm-hmm. just a feel for the sites and, you know, it's not always easy which, and it never was 10 years ago, to get into splitter blocks and find them. Everybody wanted a splitter block. They still so they, do. <laughs> yeah, they still do. I still get the calls. If you just find me a splitter block, I'm like, yes, if only. It was just that easy. And even now with council change, it's even harder with your townhouses. But, yeah, went into townhouses and boutique properties, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I've done units. So we did uh, 27 units at Stones Corner. Beautiful. So that, yeah, that was fun. And I suppose the difference even and where you see maybe it is the female part of it, but those units, I didn't want them to be pokey. I wanted separate laundries. I wanted mm-hmm. good amount of storage. I wanted kitchens, like big kitchens where you could actually entertain. I wanted lots of light. Um, you know, I often choose very neutral palettes when you go to um, units and things like that because people can mm-hmm. tailor it how they want. So they were great and I had a rooftop pool and I had my vision of how I wanted that rooftop pool to be and it looks at the city and it's, yeah, it's great. It turned out really well. And, yeah, now I've gone back into a lot more of, I suppose, townhouses and those boutique developments just purely because of the market. It's not I wouldn't do units again and I suppose I'm about to do some units or start construction on some units at Balmoral in mm-hmm. um, and they're sort of at the top of the hill and they've got 180-degree views of the city. Lovely. So, Lovely. Although they're units, to me they're not because they're so big they're a house, like they're, mm-hmm. you know, if they average around the 250 square metre mark. But you've got expansive space, you've got a whole floor, you've got your own pool, you know what I mean? They're four bedroom plus two living. All those things I think to me doesn't say unit. It's more like it's a mini house. Type of yeah. Thing. Yeah, and I want to make them like, and maybe it's COVID a little bit too, it's, I want that to be your tranquil place, your resort, mm-hmm. your your holiday almost. You're coming home to a place where it's like being, you know, in a Byron resort or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you love to go to, but it's your own home. I love um, so that. Yeah. No, I think that's so super important and definitely like touching on COVID, I think that is really important. It's, I think a lot of people now are rethinking home. Yes. So offices, like mm-hmm. trying to incorporate, and that's what I've done. I've gone, oh, maybe I don't want a fifth bedroom. Maybe it needs an office. Mm-hmm. You know, I think four's enough. <laughs> <laughs> How many people can you put in a house? <laughs> yeah, I know. It was sort of like that. And they do because it's on a hill. Um, so the bottom one has the yard because you have all your setbacks and stuff mm-hmm. that you have to take. Out. So that could be a family. Yes. Your middle one has sort of a courtyard at the other end, even though you have your veranda sort of looking at the city, you have a courtyard up the other end so that if you do want a bit of a yard, you've got to, where like northeast and gateways mm-hmm. and then on the top it's either batch pad because it's got a you know over 100 square meter terrace and overlooking the city you know but it could be just professional couples or downsizers you know like it it does suit everyone a little bit and like you can be in the bath and I wanted like big greenery like you're in the bath like you're out in the forest <laughs> I love that yeah and you're in your bed and you're looking at the city like you're lying here and it's, yeah, yeah. So I'm very excited about that one. Yeah, so you've definitely focused on the details, which I think is yeah. very important I, and I definitely see projects taking a bit more of that path of looking yeah. at those little details about why is this particular home special versus yes. any other one or, you know, just a mass build. 
Yeah, I don't like doing boxes. And mm-hmm. like even Stone's Corner, the interior was way more amazing than the exterior because it gets to the point where council dictates certain things and mm-hmm. it's like it irritates me because I just want to, the creative part of me comes out. But yeah, even the townhouses, like we're doing some townhouses shortly, we're just going through DA and you're in your kitchen and people need to think about you're in your kitchen and you're prepping you want your bin on one side and you want you know the, the you want dishwashers here you want everything in its place whereas I don't know if it's a female thing again but yeah people don't look at that sort of stuff no I was in an apartment the other day very new and the only place to put the garbage bin was on carpet right next to the kitchen and I was like, who designs this? <laughs> Obviously not a woman. <laughs> I yeah, I honestly think it does have an influence. Or even storage, I'm like, there's not enough cupboard space. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Love storage. Don't want to see it. <laughs> and I suppose for me, I, I just want to build something you want to live in. Okay. that you go, yeah, I could live here. And it's not just from a sales perspective because that, I mean, most of the areas I pick are within a 12K radius when they're like our capital cities. Mm-hmm. So they're often areas people want to live in. But like I've sold, my brother lives in one of my developments. My parents mm-hmm. live in one of my developments. My niece even has one of my apartments. You know, like I, I like that and I like yeah. having my investment that I trust and trust me. So I get a lot of comfort from that. That's a pretty good testimonial, isn't it, having your own family yeah. living in your projects? Um, yeah. As long as they're not living there free. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they always want to Of course. And I think, you know, family rates, they're always appropriate. But, yeah, I think that is a great testimonial. So you said you don't like creating boxes and you have touched on that it's not necessarily, it can be market-driven because of the locations that you're building in. But do you find, you know, you put a lot into these projects just because you need to get them sold or do you find it is because you're putting your name to them? What drives you more? I think it's because I'm putting my name to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to build something that I don't like. Yeah. I don't want to look at, oh, I don't <laughs> want anyone to know I've done that. Um, and it's not even reputation because our investors are quite select. Like we don't market. It's often word of mouth. Our investors come to us or, you know, I'll be talking to someone. Who was I talking to the other day? A turntable guy for like car turntables. And then he started like then 20 minutes later he's wanting you know, information memorandums. I'm like, I'm not a salesperson, but you end up being in that role because you're developing that trust and mm-hmm. people. So, yeah, yeah. It's often, yeah, it's about me, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> nice. So you did touch on, you've obviously been through the town planning process a few times. Do you have any comments on that process? Just for my interest, being a town planner, this is not necessarily a town planning podcast, but it is always good to get some feedback about developers and whether you enjoy the process, whether you understand it, or whether it's just extremely frustrating. Yeah, I I loved the process. I think of late, the changes to the city plan and the inflexibility of council. Yep, so this is um, Brisbane, just to specify. Yeah, yep. for Brisbane. I've done projects in the US. So at the moment, obviously, I don't have any in the US because I can't get there. Um, (laughs) I shouldn't um, laugh. Yeah, I know. Timing-wise, I sold them sort of January-ish, so Mm. it was sort of good timing. But our, like, over there, they're very much about improvement and improving Mm -hmm. the community and, you know, like, they've had a lot of areas which have gone downhill. But here for Brisbane, 
you just don't know what they're going to come back at you with. And they're the oddest things that you just look at. And even on our last one, their latest thing was like probably detail that some people won't get. But you could always look at your your story definition. And it was always a metre above natural ground. And now they're saying we need to measure it from natural ground. And I'm like, what, sorry? Like there's houses bigger than that. And my townhouse now has to be smaller. Mm -hmm. It doesn't gel and I can get away with a lot more with a house than I can with a townhouse, yet they want us to have all this high-density stuff. So there's bits of that that just don't gel for me. And I get, yeah, I get a bit frustrated with that. And also town planners, like I love all my town planners I've worked with and I haven't worked with you, but, uh, yeah, you know, maybe we've all done (laughs) But I often think, and it was a comment that was made to me, one of my town planners is probably close to that retirement that mm-hmm. I had worked with and probably mentored me a lot when I was young. So he's, he, Lovely. When I was, yeah, he was like, yeah, this is what I do. Why don't you go out and start this conversation to yourself rather than getting me to do it? And that's how I mm-hmm. learned, like, anyone. But he said, I just can't rely on my own advice anymore. And I'm like, oh. he goes, I could put my hand on my heart and say this is, you know, when I'm giving you advice. Whereas now some of the things that come back just don't make sense and it makes my reputation or his reputation tarnished because it looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, and I can, they want can understand that. Yeah. yeah, they want you to challenge them. They don't want to make a decision. They want you to take them to court. No, I don't want to go to court. Like, definitely. Um, Planning Environment Court is definitely one of my faves because you definitely it's a lot easier yeah it's it's one of those things where if you've got you know a project that makes it worth it to spend you know an extra 10 15k and you're going to get that yield sometimes you're going to get a result through the court 10 times quicker that you potentially wouldn't even get through council again it's because we're touching on brisbane a lot it is a bit of a political beast compared to some other council areas as well and I can understand where your plan is coming from. It's just, you know, we're, we're all consultants, I guess, and we give advice, yeah. but it's not like the normal law system where it's like, here's, you know, clear A, B, C. If you comply with yeah. that, you're fine. It's not yeah. like that. It's a very interpret. It's great in the fact that we have performance-based planning schemes, but it also can work against you. Yeah, yeah. I, agree. I agree. So super interesting. Back to your projects, though, I'd really love yeah. to know, do you have a favourite? Is there something that just like lights you up when you think about it? Okay. I think I love the two we're working on at the moment, the most, mm-hmm. actually. Um, so the one about moral, just the lifestyle you can get in a suburb, I suppose, yeah. um, and not want to ever leave your home and it has everything you want. I just love it. I love, I love the amount of greenery. I've had a really good landscape architect working on it. She's amazing and just very tranquil, but yet very functional. So yeah. Love it. And the townhouses, because they're four-bed townhouses, and although that sounds weird, it's very rare to get four-bed townhouses. They're mm-hmm. all three-beds. Yes. So having space, yeah, where you've got a bedroom downstairs, and it came from a place that we rented once that I got the idea. It was like they had a room downstairs, and I'm like, why wouldn't you have a bedroom and a bathroom down there, whether it's, you know, visitors, you know, your parents who get older and want to be downstairs Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be disability even on that ground floor have that bedroom as that spare room but still have all your living in the middle and your other bedrooms upstairs so where do you take your inspiration from because you just said you like you rented somewhere do you just take it from places that you've lived or like do you look at magazines or other property developers like where do you pull your ideas from various places I suppose yes places I've not just lived but been to 
So my parents are Greek. So there was a stage in my life in primary school where my mum was grade six, took me out of school for an entire year because she had to do some property stuff because her mother had passed away and we were mm-hmm. overseas. And I experienced, I suppose, life not knowing language because mm-hmm. um, she stopped talking Greek to me. So I learned Greek. I had to immerse myself. And then seeing different lifestyles. So we did Greece, we did Israel, we did all these places. And I think just life experience, like looking at things. And I think I look at everything. Like I look around me now and I'm looking at my neighbour and I'm thinking that space is really functional that you've got there, but it looks a bit ugly. There's things you can do. I think I'm always in the space. I hope your neighbour's not watching. I know. I was just like that. I was like, oh, you could do this and I can't help myself though I'll go for a cup of tea at a friend's house and they'll be like oh yeah yeah and I'll be looking going "Mm, you should really open that out it needs some more natural light through here and that's not really a supporting wall so if you open this up you could actually get a more I just yeah I I can't that's great though you're passionate yeah very (laughs) not many people can say that about what they do so I think it's very inspirational so yeah. thank you so much for your time today, Jackie. If oh, people want to connect you. with you or check out your work, where can they yeah. find you? Um, so if you go to Instagram, it's easy to message me. You can go on a website and just do the contact us. Yeah, I'm happy, happy to. I'm very hands-on. So you'll often find, yeah, it's always me wanting to jump on and talk to people because I love it. But yeah, yeah. Any of those avenues, I'm very happy to talk to anyone anytime. Excellent. Well, we'll make sure we have all your contact details and your Instagram handle in our show notes for anyone who wants to find you. Thank you again for your time. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Creating Australia. Don't forget to subscribe and join us on our socials to keep updated on our latest content. On Creating Australia, I love talking everything to do with people, property, development, So if you have something you'd like me to explore, let me know by searching Creating Australia on Instagram or searching Jessica Reynolds Urban Planner on LinkedIn.